It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com. This is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, and it starts now. Welcome in and welcome back, ATL. This is ATL Day Ones. I am Tanitra Batiste, and that gentleman over there is the amazing, legendary reporter, anchor, host, all things sports. He is the A, Sam Crenshaw. What's happening, Sam? Great to be back with you. Always great to be back with you, Tanitra. And a lot has gone on since the last time we talked on Friday. I know, man. Sports just never, ever quits, no matter what. Even if you get a day off like we had yesterday, Sports never takes a day off at all. And thankfully, the Braves don't take a day off these days in a good way, in a good way. So we'll talk a little bit of Braves today, kind of recap how the series against the Cardinals started on Monday night. Also, we'll go into a deep dive of the Braves a little bit later, kind of looking at this first half of the season now that we've gotten through the first 81 games. Also, some good things. That's, of course, up in Cobb County, but some good things coming from the South Side as well that we'll talk about today. And also... There is some good information that we can share, kind of tidbits and nuggets here and there from Sam Crenshaw, an insider for a sport that we all know and love and want to talk about the possibilities of what that sport is doing in an amazing way nationwide, but also maybe how it's going to touch us here in Atlanta. So that's just a little bit of a tease about what's coming up, but let's go ahead and get you started right now. Braves. Cardinals, Sam, the Braves are back home for quite a long homestand when you think about it going into that all-star break, if you will, 10-game homestand starting with a four-game series versus the Cardinals. They teed that up last night in Cobb County, at least tried to tee that up. Yeah, how about that? Two-hour and 37-minute rain delay. Crazy, right? Crazy rain delay. It has happened before on the 4th of July. That's something really historic with this team. But it happened last night. I think they finished a little short of 1.30 in the morning. Uh, But the Braves did get the win to start the series. I don't know how much of the crowd was able to stay around, you know, for it. But, I mean, it's always packed. The 4th of July and the Braves. uh, The Cardinals, the team that always seems to be Yes. And then in the conversation, right always. Mm-hmm. So they, they come in and the Braves able to get a big lead. Yes. Uh, the problem is your starting pitcher couldn't get the win. And right. that's what and we want to get. Yeah. That. yeah. yeah that, that. that for Kyle Wright because there he was sitting on the cusp of getting a double digit wins for the season and he'd only given up that one run and everything's going great. And then all of a sudden you get to the fifth inning and you've got to put everything on pause. And that also put his 10th win of the season on pause. So it's kind of disappointing there. I believe Darren O'Day ends up getting the win last night. Six to three, of course, like you said, was the final. But mm-hmm. the encouraging thing was the fact that 
the Braves got out to a 6-0 lead and they were able to maintain that lead thanks to the bullpen at least being solid. It was a little bit tough seeing them give up a couple runs. Cardinals kind of made it scary there. (laughs) You know, and like you said, another good team. So we're still talking about quality wins that the Braves are getting because both of these teams are right there in the thick of things as far as the wild card race is concerned as we get to the midpoint. But yeah, and another crazy good night for Dansby Swanson, another multi-hit night for him. I believe his 15th of the season dating back to, uh, or in the last 15 games, it's been crazy, right? How many yep. he's had. And that dates back to June 19th. So again, you look at, it, it definitely is a different player, arguably every single night who gets it done for the Braves, but maybe the most consistent of those is Dansby. He has been the most consistent lately, and that is the beauty of the Braves' batting order. Uh, On any given night, it could be any of them that will come out and just have a night like that. And you talk about Kyle Wright once again. They've given him run support. You know, some pitchers have had to struggle for the run support. That's one thing that has helped him to go out and pitch with confidence. The offense is usually – put runs on the board uh, for him whenever he started this season. So uh, we hope we get another chance for that 10th win. He gets that 10th yeah. win. It's going to be hard to turn him down for the All-Star game. And so uh, that's what it was. Absolutely. Yeah, you better believe it. And what a great situation for Alex Anthopoulos. And again, we'll talk about that in the deep dive, because when you have someone like a Kyle Wright, and then you have others that are slowly coming back to help with the bullpen, like a Tyler Matzik, those are good problems to have as you're going into all-star break and you're approaching the deadline because now you don't feel as squeezed as maybe you did even a month or a month and a half ago. You're getting Eddie Rosario back. He even got a little bit of action late last night. So there are pieces that are coming together all in the Braves' favor that keep them right there on the cusp, cusp with the Mets, right there, three and a half games back of the Mets. So, yeah, we love what we're seeing in Cobb County. Keep it coming. And hopefully – You know, we've seen turnarounds. Charlie Morton is a great example, although unfortunately to end the Red Series, he didn't get the win he so deserved either. Right. I point to Charlie, Sam, because Charlie is one of those great examples of the turnarounds that we've seen a very, very slow start. And now we're starting to see Charlie Morton again. We certainly hope, especially after giving up uh, multiple runs, uh, double digit runs in just the last two starts, you hope that you get a better night from Ian Anderson tonight. Yeah, we definitely want to see him go out and, and do well. And hopefully if they get some runs for him like they did last night, that would be a good thing and give him some confidence to go out there and, 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 and freely just go out and pitch his best. Let's see if he can get that win tonight. That would be big, a big confidence builder for him. Uh, absolutely, at this time of the season, maybe gets one, one or two more starts before the All-Star break. But this would be a great way to go to it by getting a win over a really good St. Louis team tonight. Exactly. And you want to talk about confidence and you want to talk about building that confidence and how you build it. It's when you have quality wins at home, whether we're talking Braves up at Truist Park or whether we are talking Dream over on the south side at Gateway Center Arena. They got a great win uh, Sunday. I had an opportunity to get to my first game in, in quite in a few weeks, their first home game. But they've been out on the road for a minute as well. Right, and they've so been on the road. Have, right. So when you have the kind of su- success that they have, especially not just playing in front of that home crowd, but also a crowd that had a decent amount, I won't say a great amount because uh, the Dream fans represented as well, but a great amount of, a good amount of fans, decent amount of fans there for Sue Bird, of course, she of the Seattle Storm, also a former teammate of Coach Denisha Wrights. So that was quite an emotional day. And yet the Dream were able to get a win over the Storm Sunday. And they did it with a combination of 
uh, what they're getting out of Cheyenne Carter, but also, of course, Ryan Howard. And we found out just today that she is the Rookie of the Month for the second straight month. The accolade is the fifth of her debut season because, of course, she's been named Rookie of the Week a couple times. Now she's also been named to the All-Star team as a reserve. And it's just been crazy what she's been able to do just in this month. 14.3 points, 2.7 rebounds, just an absolute beast out there for the dream. And having them also on the cusp of besting themselves right here at the midpoint of the season, they're looking like they're going to best their win record from last season. You know what, Tanitra, when they made the move to be able to draft her with that top pick, you you, you had an idea they were going to get someone who's going to be good, maybe come in and, and be a contributor right away and, and do some good things. You didn't know she was going to come in and do the stuff that she's doing for this team. Because that's right, I mean, right from the start, and she fits right in and she's doing it like she's been here before. It's yeah. like she's been at this level before. You say maybe the SEC competition challenged her, maybe going up against some of the tougher pro programs in the nation, sure. you know, like, like a South Carolina, South like Tennessee, Carolina, like yeah. Mississippi State, we're facing those night after night. Maybe mm -hmm. those are some things that really sharpened her and got her ready. But she sure. came into this so well prepared, yeah. so well prepared to do whatever her team needed. And it's been a treat to watch uh, mm -hmm. her go out there and play and uh, bring some great spotlight, put this team in the spotlight, and the crowd show up. As oh, yeah. well to to, yeah. to see her play, it, it has been amazing to, to see what she's done with this team so far. It has, and Tanisha Wright has just been tremendous as well. She'll have quite a challenge on her hands tomorrow because they once again have to face the Mystics, and that's thing a little bit of their Achilles heel and their mm -hmm. kryptonite this season. But you know, she made a great point. It's tough to beat a team four times in a row, and they said we know exactly who's coming in our house Wednesday. <laughs> We're ready, and a lot of it has to do with the fact that, like you said. What a great point you made, Sam, about Ryan Howard, because when I look out on the court, and of course I say this kind of tongue-in-cheek, but sometimes I don't know which one she is. And the reason I say that is not because I don't know who Ryan Howard is, but it's because Tanisha Wright has that team, whether it's the first unit or the second unit, really functioning at such a high level. And for her to be a rookie and function at that high level to the point where I'm looking at her fluidity and wondering, okay, that's Tip Hayes. That's, you know, that that's the bet that, that has finally returned to the and team. And she's just back, right? You know? And that's Cheyenne Parker. I said Carter earlier, forgive me for that. But that's Cheyenne yep. Parker. And she is just amazing, really leading the team and always on the cusp, if not getting a double-double each and every night. And I'm going, wow, Ryan just fits right in there with them. So it's just good to see that that team is exciting. Like you said, there's a good, good product that they're putting on the floor out there on the south side. Now, listen, we don't often like to leave you guys on a sad note, but sometimes it's just good for us to kind of close the, the chapter on something or at least bring some closure when we can. And we all know Demarius Thomas was beloved here from his days at Georgia Tech, and most of us watched him right on into his Super Bowl days and supported him for his decade-long career in the NFL, knew about his positive exploits on and off the field. So it was devastating for the local and the national sports community, his untimely passing uh, back on December 9th at just the age of 34. Well, Boston University was given approval by his family to examine his brain and they did find CTE. Now, granted, the local coroner has still not released a cause of death. There is still some concern that maybe a car accident that he had in 2019 is the culprit. But once again, we find out at least somewhat that that CTE is still indeed. You hate it when you see deaths in our uh, retired players and they're dying in their young age. 
you know, at a young age, but you always think to yourself, wow, does CTE play a part in it? It appears that might be the way here for, for Bebe. Yeah, unfortunately, when it was timely passing of uh, of an ex NFL player, that's one of the things that, that it kind of comes to mind, and it, it's having yeah. its effect on the game at all levels, you know, because mm-hmm. it's got some parents, you know, getting the kids away away from the sport. But uh, man, Amy Thomas was just a, a tremendous story for us to cover here. Uh, for those who mm-hmm. knew his background, what he knew, he, yeah. what he had to overcome. Uh, sure. from his home, uh, you know what I mean, with his mother and grandmother being, you know, in the trouble that they were in. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he almost went through his whole career and his mother didn't get a chance to come and see him play a game. Yeah. Uh, you know, right up until she was pardoned by President or President Obama, she was able to get to go and see him play in the Super Bowl. A- and even at that time, he went out and just went about his business. You yeah. know, just went about the things he was doing at Georgia Tech and, and going into the uh, professional ranks and everyone's so, so very proud of him. And so, you know, to call it a career, uh, to be saluted by the people there with the team he played at Denver and then to have a, in retirement not be able to enjoy their re- retirement. Yeah. And um, that's the thing that really broke everybody's heart with mm-hmm. his passing. And now you hope that his family does get some form of uh, some form of peace sure. uh, with, with what we have today. But it's also a, a cautionary tale mm-hmm. uh, for, 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 for the sport. And, um, you know, football has worked very difficult, uh, worked very hard and diligently in recent years mm-hmm. uh, to, to make the game safer and to keep those type things uh, away uh, mm-hmm. once the news got out that some players uh, suffer with it. So, you know, there's things to be learned, but also things to be admired about, sure. about his legacy and yeah. what he was able to do. And I think when we think about that, that still makes us smile. It does. It does. And that's why I have this smile on my face, because I, I enjoyed watching him in his run, his play for the Broncos, and every now and again hearing some of the great things that he did off the field as well. So we do know that while he's not here with us physically, that his legacy and everyone that he touched certainly does live on in what he was able to bring in just 34 short years. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're always amazed, always amazed that that guy got to the National Football League as a receiver because Georgia Tech ran on offense, well, only threw the ball about five times a game. And so but, you had to catch it. If, if they threw the ball, you had to catch right. it. And, and like that's our, the thing. Right. Like my friend Hugh always says, our friend Hugh Douglas always says, if you're good, they will find you. And speaking of if you are good, they will find you. <laughs> Folks are figuring out the Braves are still good. You can find them right there in Truist Park showing you everything that they are still good at. So when we come back, We're going to do a deep dive and kind of talk about what we saw in the first half and what we look forward to seeing in the second half on the Braves when we come back on the other side. It's ATL Day Ones. Welcome back to ATL Day Ones. I am Tanitra Batiste. That is Sam Crenshaw still hanging out with us on a Tuesday after the holiday. We appreciate him for stopping by and always appreciate you guys for stopping by our YouTube page as well. We're over 2,100 subscribers across the Locked On Sports Atlanta network. Really excited about that. And keep on liking, subscribing, and letting everybody know about this show. Also, wherever you download your podcast, please go to that platform and give us a five-star review. Because like I always say, when we bring you five-star guests, let everybody know just how much you loved those five-star guests. And listen, There is nobody better to talk to about Braves. And like we said, we're going to get into a little bit of something that's going to be a surprise and maybe exciting for some of you, just as it is for me. But before we do that, I want to tell you guys a little bit about Rock Auto. So this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. And you got to think about this. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models and just everything that you have to go through in the car buying market these days, it's impossible for you to actually know 
your local chain auto parts store. So say, for example, you buy a car and you need a part for it. Once you finally do get through that harrowing process of purchasing a car and you're wondering, where can I get this part? So you go to your local store and they ask you 50 questions and they go to the back and supposedly get a part and never come back with anything. Why don't you just save yourself the hassle, save the time, save the money and use Rock Auto. Auto. You could choose to spend 30, 50 or even 100% more for the same part. Why would you do that? Go to Rock Auto. It's a family business. It's serving. It's been serving rather do it yourself for 20 years. That's a lot of time. So basically we're saying they're reliable and they are reliably low for every single customer. And it's really simple. You can go to rockauto.com even right now or after you finish watching ATL Day Ones and see all the parts that are available for your car or truck, just right locked on in there when it asks you, how do you hear about us? And if you let them know that you sent us, that'll be a good look for you. Again, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. And that'll save you a hassle in a very busy world that we live in today. Again, that's rockauto.com. So you talk about reliable and rockauto.com is one of those reliable resources for car owners who want to do it yourself do it yourself style sam another reliable team that's getting it done for themselves is the braves the braves are back on a tear and you know we've been joking about the fact that june was their undefeated month and then they end up getting 21 wins in the month of june which is still an amazing feat and when you look at the success they've had, even just starting July on a very positive, a very high note with what they were able to do in Cincinnati, forget the third game in Cincinnati, <laughs> but on the same token, coming back here to end the first half of the season and begin a four game series versus the Cardinals, you have to absolutely love what the Braves have been able to do to get themselves back in this conversation as a potential winner of their fifth division crown in a row when you think about the conversation we were having just six or eight weeks ago. So I thought we'd do kind of a little look back on that first half. And I'm curious to see from your perspective, Sam, the best of the first half for you. Was it a player? Was it a philosophy? Was it the coach? What, when you look back on the first half, do you say, wow, that did it for me? Wow. There, there's, so, there's so many things with this team when you think about it. Uh, but 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 obviously um, you got to talk about some surprises you got with, with, with pitching, you know, and uh, we, we talked about Kyle Wright and what he was able to do. Uh, Kenley Jansen. Uh, some people said that it wanted, wanted, you know, did have some uh, blown save opportunities. I wondered how well he was going to do, you know, coming from the Dodgers. I was mm -hmm. I was pleasantly surprised. He showed that he could still shut things down. Uh, the majority yeah. of the times he get the ball, and we hope that he's going to be back uh, to rejoin the team very soon because mm -hmm. he has a stabilizing force at the back end of that bullpen. Okay. Uh, Matt Olson comes in, and you know he's a little bit of a roller coaster, but I mean he's coming in, you know, taking him over first base uh, and leaving a, a, a very popular icon, not just an all-star player, but an icon sure. uh, locally. And uh, you know he's a hometown product. He's mm -hmm. come in and, and, and done an admirable job in that, and I think. Maybe after the Dodgers came through and all that went down, went up, went on, maybe now he's taking a deep breath and says, okay, we've gotten past the series with the Dodgers. We've gotten past all the, the, the Freddie Love affair. Now I can go out here and just play ball and be the first right. baseman for the Braves. And so maybe Kelly that's looking. Jackson is your 1A and Matt Olson's your 1B for the best for one, the first half? 1B, 1B. And then, of course, I got to get Michael Harris in there. 
Oh, you can't you take all the best, Sam. Now, okay, well, you want to take you want to bring him in. You, you, well, go ahead, you, you go you go ahead and bring him in. Now go ahead, bring all him. the best, man. Yeah, man yeah. No, I'm joking. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But real talk, I was gonna go in the Michael Harris direction. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because, are, are, right. are you as amazed as I am as how much he's able to do in a really short period of time? Oh man, Sam, this is one of those where okay, yeah, it's an eye opener when you hear somebody called up from double. But on the same token, if you have been watching anything or listening to anything he had been doing, listening about him, because we'd be getting these reports about how amazing he was in double A. But then for someone to be so young and to come in and look like a veteran, I mean, what Michael Harris is able to do at the plate, what Michael Harris has been able to do. And honestly, every night, I don't know which which Michael Harris is going to be better, the one out in the outfield or the one at the plate. But it, it, he never disappoints. I do know that. And it's amazing because you see prospects all the time, right? And for the Braves, they've got an embarrassment of riches back-to-back. Because you look at a Ronald Acuna Jr. as well being called up. You look at an Austin Riley who's being called up as well and really seeing that their, their farm system really develops players into something special. But, yeah, Michael Harris, for me, it's like you said, I would call him my first half uh 1a and since we're going 1a 1b i gotta give kyle Wright a little 1b shout out right there you go because there you go there you go who knew i mean who knew we would be having this conversation about max Fried and kyle Wright at the first through the first half of the season now we got to be fair we can't act like it's been all skipping in the tulips for the braves it's been rough it was really rough for Braves country uh, for a great portion of the first half. So there there were some lumps and bumps that we had to take. What was the toughest part or the worst part for you of getting through that first half of this season? Wow. The toughest part was leaving people on base. Um, once they finally get in hits with guys on in scoring position, because remember early in the season, everybody was getting solo home runs. Mm-hmm. All the home runs seemed like there was solo. There was nobody there, and was people were on base. They couldn't. They had trouble converting, and I think that's one of the things this team really struggled with. But like you said before, this batting order is so talented. And once mm-hmm. things got going, we talk about where Dansby Swanson is now. Uh, Ozzy Albies is out right now, but he was one of the guys whose bats got yeah. going. Austin Riley, obviously, what he's doing, you know, and that's the thing that really helped. Once guys got on base. Mm-hmm. You know, drives came in, and we got to talk about the productivity from the catching position. You know, because yeah. both the back backstops have been doing a great job there. So that was the one thing that bothered untimely hitting, and then the play out in left field. Uh, they kind of bothered a bit too. You know, we got yeah. we got to spending a lot of money, spending a lot of money mm-hmm. out there on Solo yeah. Zuna uh, when he's got his bat going, and that, that's another thing. His bat was was you know hit and miss. Uh, that's going, mm-hmm. but in left field, you know, it still tends to be a little bit of a liability. I hope he you know he's seemed like when the DH spot. We'll see them see him there more consistently in the second half of the season. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that goes because, like you said, he's gotten a little more consistent. But you can't overlook what he was able to, what he wasn't able to do in the out, outfield. And yes, the logical position to put him in would be DH. But then that gives you the conundrum of what you do with William Contreras because if he's catching every other day, then what do you do on the days when he's not catching? And you've got the dilemma of okay, I want to put him in at, at the DH because that's certainly a spot where he can be successful. Well, I want a 1A and 1B us on the worst uh, okay. of the first half. And I hate to say it because they're doing so well, but we got to you know be real about it. And I would say going back to the bullpen, that, that's been a tough up and down. And granted, I do want to preface by saying 
some of the middle relief situation has been because of injuries like a Tyler Matzik going down. And then you've got to shuffle the deck to figure out, okay, wait, where's AJ Minter supposed to go? Right. And Will Smith, right. are, you know, are you going to be goodwill or bad will today? And then you lose Kenley Jansen. So the <laughs> closer is out. <laughs> you know, you just didn't know. So the bullpen for me was probably the disappointing part of the worst half. And I would say too, kind of disappointing slash shocking would be the regression of Ian Anderson. I still wonder low key, Sam, if something is not, not physically wrong there. And then, of course, you had mentioned it about getting your confidence back. There may be a mental component that's now come into play with him as well, because after a while, after you start giving up runs where after two games, you're now into the double digits, that does start to just really kind of play with your psyche. But ultimately speaking, that's kind of been the disappointment and the head scratcher for me for the first half. But for the Braves, that is. Now, what's not a head scratcher? And never a disappointment is betonline.net. That's the number one source, Sam, for all betting needs and sports info. You can literally find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews and news, including things like Major League Baseball and maybe who is going to be in the driver's seat at the All-Star break or who is going to ultimately win the NL East. Or maybe if Atlanta will revisit expanding itself as a sports community. Those are the types of things you can find on Bet Online. It's the continued source for all your sports wagering info, live betting, esports, scores, and it's really just the best spot even for all your sports scores podcast news this season. I can't tell you how great that website is just for being kind of that all-encompassing, fast, easy way to check on all of these things. So again. Just go to betonline.net. That's where the game starts for you. After you watch our show today, why don't you go to that website, check it out, use your mobile device or use your laptop or whatever device you choose so that you can get more information for all of your betting needs. Because I tell you, you bet on the Braves, it's not going to be a bad look for you. I think it's going to be a good look for you in that second half. And when we come back in For the Culture, we're going to talk about something where there's a league out there that's not just showing it, but it's, they're not just talking about it, they're being about it. It's a show and prove situation we'll talk about on the other side. It's ATL Day Ones. Welcome back to ATL Day Ones. I'm Tanitra Batiste, joined here by the legendary Sam Crenshaw. We appreciate him stopping by the show and filling in for Jarvis, who we can't wait to hear what Mr. Jarvis did on his vacation or did not do. Maybe it was kind of stay-ish, but we'll hear all about it when he comes back. In the meantime, thank you guys for sticking around and hanging out with us because you're the reason we're over 2,100 subscribers. You're the reason that we're getting these five-star reviews. When we bring you great guests, you give us great reviews, and we appreciate that. But you are also the reason that there is an opportunity for us to talk a little bit about Coffee AM. Why? Because Coffee AM is what we bring to you, and hopefully you'll bring Coffee AM to your tables at home. Now, I got to tell you, when it said Coffee AM, at first I thought, oh, dear, I don't drink coffee, right? So I was like, I got to dig a little bit deeper and kind of find out what Coffee AM is all about. And I really like it because, granted, it's the freshest coffee you're going to get because most of those coffees are roasted and shipped the same day or close to it. But for me, it wasn't really just about the current crop of specialty grade coffee. It's about the tea. I actually love flavored tea. I love hot tea. And if it's organic, fair trade, direct trade, expertly crafted blends, whatever it is, gourmet teas, I am here for it. So it's roasting right here in your backyard because it is produced locally. You want to find out more about it? Just go to coffeeam.com backslash locked on today. Take a look at their full menu of coffees, teas, and gift sets. So maybe 
Christmas in July, they can get you something if you're into that. That's coffeeam.com backslash locked on. You can use the coupon code locked on at checkout to get 15% off on your first order. Again, of coffees, teas, and gift sets. So Coffee AM is the best small batch coffee roaster in America. And if you're like me, I am waiting with bated breath for my package because I can't wait to check out also their gourmet tea. So when you talk about a wait and being patient, but you talk about a good delivery, it's the NHL. The NHL has named, as of today, Mike Greer, the GM of the San Jose Sharks. He becomes the first Black man in NHL history to hold that position. Now, Greer's 47, and he's also a former player, played 14 seasons in the NFL for about four different teams, including the Sharks. Sharks retired a little over a decade ago and has spent this past season with the Rangers, a quality a quality franchise, if you will, as their operations advisor and also worked as a scout for the Blackhawks for four years. Another quality franchise. So he's someone, Greer is, Sam, that not only brings to the table, of course, and we recognize and appreciate that the NHL, as we talked about before, wasn't just talking about diversity, but they're being about diversity and they're showing improving. But also he's someone who comes to, to the table with quite the pedigree. So an amazing day, I think, for just the NHL to be able to say, hey, this is someone who we actually have started sort of from the ground level with the Blackhawks. And he's continued to progress in his career. And now he'll have the opportunity to lead the Sharks franchise. In the day and time when a lot of people have been after the NFL, uh, for more African-American, you know, players uh, playing on the field to, uh, to bring people into the front office. Absolutely. Yes. Mike Absolutely. comes in. Yeah, yeah the, the, the thing I think is for more uh, also about Michael Greer, he is an American-born NHL player. He's from Detroit. A lot of people call yeah. Detroit hockey town, and it's because everybody has an opportunity to play hockey in Detroit. And he is a product yes. of that's of the inner city system uh, mm -hmm. playing hockey in that city. Uh, attended Boston University, played on a very fine college team there. This is a big, big deal for the, the, the yes. National Hockey League uh, to have not only a, a former black player, but an African-American player uh, be a general manager for their league today. So congratulations and salute to Mike Greer. And I was tipped off that this was coming a couple of days ago uh, mm -hmm. when I talked with one of his contemporaries who lives here in the Atlanta area. And he's calling me and telling me some things about the NHLs may not be done here in Atlanta. And we've had some teams that have left and gone and now they're living in places like Calgary and Winnipeg. Um, but but uh, but he's, he's told me, and I'm gonna give his name, but he's someone who's a player contemporary and lives here mm -hmm. in town and, and shows up on TNT. Now that's all I need to tell you. But he is in contact with Gary Bettman and Gary mm -hmm. Bettman still likes the Atlanta market. Um, yeah. He's right now kind of surveying places that might be a good place uh, to build an arena. And I was mm -hmm. looking to use one that's already in place. And so um, we're, we're going to listen and see what direction is going in. But the NHL, I think they've seen what MLS did here. They may be embarrassed them a little bit. And the MLS came in here, it was a smash hit. And the mm -hmm. NHL has been here twice and the teams have left. I miss the NHL. It's a great product. It's fast. It's physical. And I've yet to take anybody to a hockey game with me to went there and say, you know what? I'll go back to see that again. Because, right. you know, it's one of those sports that TV sometimes can't do it justice. Yeah. Um, you yeah. go and see it in person. You love it. So I love to see it come back. 
Absolutely. And I want to go back to, because I agree with you, I want to co-sign on that, but I want to go back real quick to Mike Greer as well. And I think about some of the leagues that have talked about diversity, right? And I, I would agree with you, you know NHL very well, you know NASCAR, we, we also know MLS very well. And those three leagues, taking away from NFL, NBA is obvious. I mean, they kind of really set the blueprint for how to really be about diversity and inclusion and hearing the voices of their players and also those in the front office. Uh, MLB kind of has a ways to go. They got to find their way, but yeah. to get there. But NHL, I feel like this is a very, very good move that is similar to what MLS is committed to doing. But also quickly, you mentioned, and we kind of talked about it offline. This kind of goes along the lines with NASCAR as well, who has really put a concerted effort forth to try to evolve themselves in the diversity space. As they come to town this week for their second race of the year. And Tanitra, yes. if you were not there, I, I, I was out there for the spring race. I'm walking behind Bubba Wallace Pierce. They could have been shooting episode of Soul Train. There's so many folk out there. People realize they're out there, but right now NASCAR has more uh, owners on teams, team owned by people of color than all the other sports leagues combined. Yeah, yeah. Think about that with the addition yeah. of, of, of uh, Pitbull, Michael Jordan, you know, um, Money Mayweather, people who mm -hmm. come in as owners in NASCAR. Right. And right now NASCAR has more people of color owning teams than all than, than baseball, football, mm -hmm. basketball, hockey combined. Yeah, and, and it looks like they're trying to go in that same direction, right, Sam? Right, right, absolutely, absolutely. So I just left diversity. NASCAR, they raced in St. Louis this, uh, a couple of weeks ago on a track that is co-owned by a black million, uh, billionaire. Mm -hmm. uh, the Nashville race a couple of weeks ago, that track is managed by an African-American uh, and, and for the head of diversity and inclusion for, for NASCAR is a Clark Atlanta graduate. Um, they're doing the things they said they were going to do. And, uh, you know, and I opened an act, our pre-race concert. This Sunday's going to be Florida. Crazy, so crazy, what? absolutely crazy. So we love to see it. Right, right. Right. But we love to see, listen, we love seeing Sam here as well. Thank you so much, Sam, for dropping by. We appreciate you. And we sure hope we get to see some NHL, some hockey going on here. And, and we talk about diversity. This city is diversity. This is Chocolate City number two. So bring hockey back to the A. We'd love to See it and listen. We love to see you guys tomorrow when we hope we are talking about another dub with the Braves that they are starting the second half of the season on a positive note. We'll do a preview of the dream. We hope we can bring you some information and some additional intel about what's going on in the NBA because you know what? Free agency frenzy is still a thing. Thank you guys so much for dropping by to see us here on ATL Day Ones. This is your first stop on Locked On Sports Atlanta, our network, and then your second stop. Check out A to Z with Mark Zeno. He brings the noise as well. You guys be safe out there and we will see you tomorrow. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.